Now, I felt a, a bit underprepared, I must admit, when the Queensland MP Bob Catter joined us earlier this week. He was here to talk about his private members bill, uh, the one that seeks to ban fake Aboriginal souvenirs, you know, the cheap boomerangs and didgeridoos made overseas using pretend designs. He was very funny about the fact that the kangaroos on them don't seem to be based on anyone who's ever seen a kangaroo. They're actually stolen off the Qantas website, he says. They're that shape. Uh, in effect, ripping off the culture of the first Australians. He's very passionate on the subject. And I don't know about you, but I think, well, as I heard him, as I listened to him, I thought maybe, Bob, you have a point. But once Bob Catter is on a roll, of course, he's hard to keep on topic, and he proceeded to link that issue to a more general uh, point he wanted to make about the decline in Australian manufacturing. And according to Bob, earlier this week on Drive, we pretty much don't make anything here anymore. He said this a few times while I bleated, oh, surely that's not entirely true and surely we have a few successes. But Bob Catter was not to be convinced. Name me a thing that we've become a world beater in. We've exported all the manufacturing jobs overseas. We will produce no motor cars this year. We'll produce no white goods. You've got to buy everything from overseas. My shoes, my clothes, my biros, my mobiles, my glasses, my telephone. I mean, all this comes from overseas. Your motor cars, your petrol. Now, to buy that, you must sell something. You have reduced my country to selling only two things, iron ore and coal. You have no areas in which we are successful and aggressive because marketism has destroyed all of those areas. Yeah, I don't quite know why he kept on saying you, as if it was my decision. I had to say to him at one point, Bob, I am not Malcolm Turnbull. Uh, But still, his point, though, I mean, it was a pretty good list, wasn't it, of, of things that we no longer and perhaps have never made here and we have to buy from overseas. Is it the full story, though? Mark Goodsell is the National Manufacturing Head of the Australian industry group, and he joins us on the line. Mark, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, we do see a lot of headlines about the bad news that the car industry, uh, Bob mentioned it a few times, and that's a, a case in point. Is it all that bad, though? I can understand Bob's perspective um, because manufacturing since the GFC in Australia has lost about 170,000 jobs. But what is less obvious, and a lot of those have come in sort of large licks as um, large companies exit and you might see two or three or four hundred jobs go at once. But what's what's happened, particularly in the last 15 months, it's put a third of those jobs back on. Um, less so in large employers, but a lot in small and medium-sized employers who are doing a great job of maintaining the brand of Made in Australia and doing it in, against some very tough... Um, overseas competition. So manufacturing is not dead, then suggestions of its demise are uh, <laughs> just wrong, not even premature. But it's, a, it's what's emerging from this, um, this, um, this trend is a slightly different type of manufacturing than the, the one that we probably fondly remember from the past. Okay, now uh, Bob Catter presented a, a big long list of the things that we have to buy from overseas, from mobile phones to cars to biros. Can you do a list of, of, of the things that we still make here successfully? I can. If you, uh, if you buy a Harley-Davidson with um, the high-end chrome wheels, uh, any model Harley-Davidson from any dealer in the world, those wheels will probably be made in Adelaide. Um, if you look out the window of a, a Boeing, I think it's a 777, and you look at parts of the wing, they'll have been made in Melbourne. 
there's bits of the Mars rover that was trundling around on Mars a few years ago that were made in Western Sydney. If you're a fan of NASCAR or uh, Formula One, then quite a few of the cars you see zooming around, their cooling systems were designed, manufactured and are in fact tested each year on the Gold Coast. Uh, Bob mentioned shoes. In fact, if you're an elite sports uh, person, an elite runner, and you uh, pick the best shoes, you're probably using uh, leather that was made in Australia. Um, if you're a parent and you've got... Um, I think there's about four major manufacturers of uh, disposable nappies in the world. Massive, massive market. One of the major manufacturers solely sources the uh, the absorbent lining for their nappies solely from a factory in Melbourne. So we are we are doing a lot of things. We're still manufacturing a lot. Uh, we've put on jobs in the last 15 months. Profits in manufacturing are at their highest level since 2011. Um, so it's a much um, not, it's a much more solid. Not, we wouldn't always call it rosy um, because it's uh, it's been a tough decade mm-hmm. or so for manufacturing, but it's a lot more optimistic than a lot of people believe. Okay, is, is Bob right in that? I mean, you, you, you're comparing it to a few. You're saying it's done quite well quite recently. If you go right back to I don't know 1970 or something like that, we still don't make as much as we did then. No, in most Western countries you'd see the same trend. And what it is is that our, as we have become richer, uh, and, our dem- and particularly in Western countries we've become older, a greater proportion of our spending goes on services. So naturally more of the economic activity across the world is, uh, is geared towards services, particularly in first world countries like Australia. We've suffered as badly as anyone in that trend and it would be better if our manufacturing industry was a bit bigger than it is because you do want a broad-based economy. I think Bob is right. You don't want to be relying just on commodities exports for your wealth. You want a broader range of things. But we do have a, a globally engaged manufacturing industry and it's, it really is a sign of the change um, in the way think manufacturing is done. In fact, the world is a factory now. Um, I think the OECD did a study a few years ago and they estimated that 70% of the stuff that's on cargo ships at any one time on the high seas is, is manufactured goods on their way to the next stage of production. They're not finished goods. So the, the world is this sort of giant interlinked factory and it's not many places where you have raw materials going in the end of one, one end of a factory and a completely finished good coming out mm. the, the other end. The, the, Even the, the car factories don't operate like that. The, this point was made uh, quite recently during the whole debate over Trump and his battle with Mexico. Is, is the problem about a 20% tariff on the border with Mexico is a lot of uh, American manufacturers who are in the export business are actually using some Mexican components in order to produce this fantastic product, which they'll end up selling to the Germans or selling to the Australians. Indeed, indeed. And we're part of that global supply chain and in, we're doing better of it better than other parts of the world in some parts of it, in food and sort of health and um, some consumer products going into Asia. We're, we're a stellar performer. Um, in the health industry, a lot of equipment, measuring equipment, health equipment, we, we're, doing, we're punching above our weight. Um, so the, and in mining, of course, although the mining investment boom is over, we've now got this massive mining industry which is still churning out a lot of coal and iron ore. It's wearing things out and it's reinvesting in that capacity, and we're selling a lot of 
not only mining equipment mm-hmm. to the Australian mines, but we sell it to South Africa and South America and other places. We're talking to Mark Goodsell. There is this widespread uh, assumption, I think, that the manufacturing business is, is entirely dead and virtually dead in Australia. We're, we're putting that to, to the to the question and, and asking, well, what bits of it are, are alive and thriving? And it does sound as if quite a few bits are alive and thriving. Mark, when you look over the whole area of, of who's doing well, are, are there common threads to what works here under our wage rates and our conditions and, and all of that? Yes, and I think you put the finger on the issue that, that we are a high-cost country. And for many people, you think, well, why shouldn't we be? We'd like a good standard of living. Um, but, but it does come at a cost in terms of what you can do profitably and what you need to outsource. So what, what you're seeing is a trend towards away from mass manufacturing of low-value, low-margin stuff, more to bespoke manufacturing, um, or even if it is mass manufacturing, it is, it is higher-value manufacturing, and where, where the value that your part of the chain adds um, can cover your costs. So you're not, really, you're not seeing a lot of cheap plastic toys or widgets being made in Australia, but you are seeing more sophisticated products or difficult-to-make products um, being made and perhaps being put into uh, a black box which goes into somebody else's uh, finished system or, um, or or car or something like that. So it is a it's a um, it's a different type of manufacturing and it requires you to get um, uh, a lot of brain power rather than muscle power. It's requiring, as it is around the world and will in America, a lot more automation. The dollar has helped. Uh, I think this turnaround. It's no coincidence that in the last 15 months to two years, the, the dollar has eased back from, from its really difficult levels beyond parity with the US. But Australians have also become better at, uh, at exporting the free trade agreements. Uh, that's the flip side of the free trade agreement argument. They've really opened up a lot of markets, particularly mm. um, into mm-hmm. Asia. Mm. Well, here, here's an interesting uh, SMS. From Anthony, I spend all day in a factory writing software with 30 other developers, which is used by people all over the world. That is Australian manufacturing and value creation in the new century from uh, Anthony. And tens of thousands of caravans and off-road vehicles are made in Australia still travel around the country and be amazed at the number, range and the variety. That's uh, from Fran. Other people are saying your list was pathetic. Uh, Disposable nappies... uh, And uh, chrome Harley wheels. Oh, please. Not impressed, Mark. I'm sorry. Well, that was just an example of some of the products that you would probably be surprised we can profitably make in Australia. And all those companies um, are making good money doing that and competing against countries and factories you think, well, surely they could do it cheaper mm-hmm. than us. But what they're doing is they're finding a niche to become very, very good at it, and they've been able to combine technology using skills we have that nobody else can put together um, uh, to get those pro- that product or that part of the product out the door. So that's not the total picture of manufacturing. We still make steel here. Blue Scope is actually a, a, a globally competitive maker of steel building products and is actually doing a lot of great work around the world as well as here in, in producing, mm-hmm. not only producing steel, which is tough, very competitive market, but coding it and adding, uh, using technology to turn it into a high-end building product. So yes. it's not just small companies. And, and, of course, we say we say with these individual products, we say, well, you know, why can't we buy a, a particular thing that's Australian-made? But, of course, there, there are other things which we make which we then sell around the world. Exactly, exactly. And I suppose the issue about buying, buying everything Australia-made, the question is how much are you willing to pay for that? Because some things we're not competitive 
at, at, at making, um, and in the absence of high levels of tariff protection, um, then uh, consumers make a decision every day about whether they're going to buy Australian at any price. So it's up to Australian companies to make sure that they're, they're producing mm-hmm. things that can be competitive uh, at the price they need to charge um, to, to make a profit. So yeah. it's it, not all rosy. I mean, we have uh, the issue, the, the sector that is under stress and probably the most visible one is energy intensive industry and the debate about energy in Australia has really flared in the last couple of weeks in particular with South Australia but it's a national national issue both gas and electricity are real pinch points for uh, manufacturers and particularly energy intensive manufacturers gas is both a fuel source but also a feedstock for some chemical makers etc so we need to get the energy issue right if we're going to continue this trend. Mm. A few more SMSs. Uh, these are from people listening who are, in some cases, involved in these industries and saying, yeah, we're, hang, on, hang on, we're still here. Uh, g'day, Richard. There is still a very strong surfboard manufacturing industry in Australia, particularly on the East Coast. We lost a bit to Asia a few years ago, but with the new technology around CNC shaping machines, a lot of cottage surfboard builders are emerging. That's from David in Kilcare Heights. Another one here from Ken uh, from Ultimate... From Ultimate Suspension in Ingleburn have been making car suspensions for 30-plus years, most of which is now made in China. Uh, he now does niche four-wheel drive and military gear and, again, exports everywhere. And Cochlear make much of the Cochlear implant components by hand right here in Sydney at Macquarie University. You know, there are other people saying, oh, this is all pathetic. It's all a pathetic list. I don't know what's pathetic about steel, cochlear implants supplied to the <laughs> supplied to the world and things like suspensions again supplied to the world well i don't know i don't know why people think it's pathetic but they see we, we seem to want to be ashamed of our manufacturers i don't quite understand why do you understand why mark i don't but i think you're on to something it's almost if as if a couple of a decade or so ago we we gave up on the sector and and we're not prepared to actually look at it as it is um and it it, it is it's changing um, but it is it is doing it is doing well. It's profitable. People are investing in it overseas. People are investing in it. Locals are investing in it. It's not a it's not a bad story. It's just an evolving story. Mm-hmm. And in, indeed, some of the the other pinch point that uh, a lot of companies have is skills. Getting people uh, with the, the right combination of the traditional trades and engineering, but also ICT and design skills. They're the things that are in demand. I was talking to a company in Western Sydney that wanted an apprentice in sheet metal, and they had to get one from Tamworth mm-hmm. because um, they were they were struggling to get someone um, from Sydney. So, so there are there are career opportunities um, as well as um, okay. Maybe maybe, maybe that's part of the problem of talking it down. Young people hear that constantly talking down and say, "Well, I won't learn to be a fitter and turner because obviously we don't make anything here." Well. Yeah, we do. If people would stop talking it down for a second. John is here from Transport and Trucking Magazine. Hi, John. G'day, Richard. How are you going? Yeah, good. Now, the, the, the truck industry, what can you tell us about that? Well, every Kenworth you see on the road in Australia is manufactured right here in Australia, down in Bayswater in Victoria. They, they manufacture about, well, between 2,000 and 2,500 heavy prime movers down there every year. Um, every heavy-duty Volvo... Um, and Mack Truck is manufactured in their plant at Wakehall in Brisbane. And um, so, a range of some of these Vecos, not all of them, are manufactured at their plant in Dandenong in Victoria. Why, why do Australians not, not know this? Why, why do we just hear this chorus of doom? Well, we try, and, we try and push it in our magazine because not only are they built here, but obviously they employ a lot of engineers and designers. And 
And, you know, in the wake of Ford closing down its manufacturing, a lot of people don't realise that Ford's hired about 2,000 uh, designers and engineers, university-qualified designers and engineers mm-hmm. for their design centre in Melbourne. That's right. They're running an international design centre out of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah exactly, for, for so, their yeah, world, I, world business, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why we are so... Uh, put ourselves down. We are a high-cost country, as Mark said, and we, should be, we shouldn't be trying to go on a race mm-hmm. to the bottom to try and be uh, competitive with low-cost countries. We need to be looking at the high-value, high-yield, high-technology, high-quality things that we... You know, that we can, yep. we can be competitive with. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Hey, uh, John, thanks so much. Thanks for ringing in. Cheers. And, uh, I mean, John says, why, you know, why do we do this? Mark, I guess maybe there's always been a mournful side to the Australian character. You know, we'll all be ruined, said Hanrahan. Yes, yes. Hanrahan was probably uh, an observer of manufacturing uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> Look, it was. It has gone through some dire um, times. And when the dollar was uh, above parity, uh, with the the, the US mm-hmm. and um, and it's, China factory yeah. China was really churning along. Um, it's um, it was it was difficult. It becomes impossible, doesn't it? And look, it's not good news today. Actually, uh, to get mournful again, the, the the dollar is up, you know, again quite strongly. So yes, the, these these do go through periods, but there are some good stories. I, I remember talking here on the program maybe a year ago to this little company in Sydney, which has been around for generations, and it's now selling really high-end mattresses, of all things, to China. They cost, I can't remember, something absurd like $20,000 each, and they can't supply enough. Well, I think that's right. I mean, we, we get hung up on what we're buying from China, but China is buying from us. The, 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 the hundreds of millions of people who are, who are growing into middle-class um, wealth in China, they're not only here as tourists, they are buying food, um, health products, um, other groceries, um, vitamins, uh, furniture, uh, furnishings, and one stage they're buying toilets off us as a fashion item. It, it, so it, there's a, in trade, it's, it's always give and take, and we sort of concentrate on what we're buying off other people without always knowing what we're selling um, mm-hmm. There and, and the Chinese, the Chinese miracle, as we, we call it, is is um, we're well placed to take advantage of that. Off the back of that, we do a lot of packaging here, which needs to be done on site. So the packaging industry and the refrigeration industry are going well. Off the back of food and other yeah. um, right. exports, so it's it's a it's a virtuous cycle um, down the um, supply chain in many areas. You, you've helped you've helped bring a, some very un-Australian sunshine to the. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Mark Goodsell, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. My pleasure. There's uh, Mark Goodsell. Uh, yes, the old Mark Twain line, rumours of my death are greatly exaggerated, the story of Australian manufacturing. Richard Glover with you on Drive. Our story about Australian manufacturing and the fact that it's actually in a reasonably robust state. Lots of, you know, headwinds and all of that, but some great successes as well. Lots of examples coming in now from the gloom and doom of two days ago. We don't make anything here. Here's lots of people saying, well, I know of something we do here. I know of something we do here. Uh, Rode microphones are handmade in Australia, a number one choice for music industry worldwide from uh, one of our Texas. Mack trucks are made in Queensland. Uh, everyone's talking about the, the thing they know about. Uh, there's a factory in New South Wales, which is on the cusp of becoming one of the 10 largest building products uh, suppliers in the world. They do sheet timber. That's from Brett. 
Uh, I thought Mark's list was terrific. It was diverse and inspiring. Good on us, says one of our texters. Those greyhound trailers you see getting towed behind cars like a mini horse float, they're made in Australia. Uh, we, we make a small four-wheel, dr- a four-wheel drive in Melbourne called a Tomcat. That's from Peter. Uh, and pathetic should be the description of that person who commented on the manufacturing goods in Australia as pathetic. Good on our manufacturers for being innovative and thriving in a tough market. I'll bet they have not fought the good fight and have no idea what it takes to make a business successful. Naysayers, go home. Let's abolish the tall poppy syndrome and replace it with a celebration of success. That's from Ross in Greenwich. Greenwich. Uh, Matten and Cole Clark both make fine guitars in Melbourne. That's from another of <laughs> Uh, texters and yeah, lots more of people saying, "Look, I actually I know about one business, and yes, it's not all dead. There is great health, uh, despite all the the headwinds, despite all the the gloom and doom." And as I said before, one of the problems of of keeping on saying we don't make anything here is you get young people hearing that message, and they say, "Well, you know, it's no good learning a skill, it's no good learning a trade, it's no good being a a fitter and turner because we don't make anything here." Well, yeah, but the trouble is, the trouble is we do. What's been so wonderful this afternoon, because it's so often full of gloom and doom when you talk about manufacturing, but people who heard the discussion and are now responding with examples that they know from their work life or, or their um, friendship group of, of these comp- these agile companies which are doing so well. PacSmart is a fully Australian-owned and operated company that manufactures food and beverage packaging machines. They're just about able to keep up with demand from around the world. That's from Paul. Uh, more local manufacturing right here in Australia. We mentioned the Pegless clothesline uh, that Wendy loves. Frames for reading glasses made from recycled plastics here in Western Sydney. It's called Dresden Optics. Again, around the world, they have uh, customers. That's from Kerry. Uh, the Children's Clothing Company. Uh, is it Mini Mint are designing and manufacturing their clothing, their children's clothing here in Sydney? Started two years ago by young, hard-working couple Ash and Matt. Good on you. Uh, there must have been a hundred SMSs this afternoon pointing out these success stories, which we never hear about because we miserable Australians prefer to tell ourselves that everything's going to the dogs and we'll all be ruined. Uh, which is again not to say that there aren't headwinds and there aren't challenges, but occasionally when people manage to press on despite the headwinds, it would be nice if we acknowledged their success just now and then. You're with Richard Glover on ABC Radio Sydney.